Hello and welcome back to Big Les's League and all rugby league experience. Welcome to your round 24 review. Big Les, well and truly on point with the tipping as well. Extremely proud of myself there. 8 out of 8, 12 out of 12 if you want to count the women's games as well. But a great week for Big Les with the tipping. I think 8 out of 8, it was inevitable. It was coming. 7 out of 8 after 7 out of 8 after 7 out of 8. Uh, Got to get an 8 out of 8 at some stage. And Big Les, well and truly ripping and tearing there uh, and getting a beautiful, a beautiful 8 out of 8 to finish off what was a big week of rugby league. Let's get through the team of the week. Uh, for me, I had James Sadesco at fullback. Great performance for the Roosters, in my opinion. Definitely deserved to be the fullback this week. Taylor May and Zach Lomax on the wings. Bit controversial. Zach Lomax played in the centres, but it was too hard to leave him out of the side. For me, I had to chuck him on the wing there. Had to move him out of position to get him into the team. Had to put him in the starting lineup. So, Zach Lomax there on the wing with Taylor May. Taylor May had a big game for the Penny Panthers as well. Uh, Sebastian Chris and Dane Gagai in the centres. Dane Gagai in the losing team. I thought he was unreal. Grabbed two tries in that game. Ran for 226 metres. Was an absolute weapon. Uh, Sebastian Chris as well for the Raiders. A big game for him. One of his best games this year for me. Uh, so Sebastian Chris definitely had to be there in the centres. Matt Moylan and Mitch Moses in the halves. Moylan for the Sharkies. Really, really solid performance from him. Two try assists and was just everywhere on the park. And then Mitch Moses, big game there for the Parramatta Reels to get them a 53-6 to lead. So great stuff there from Mitch Moses. Jared Waria Hargreaves and Tino Fasula Malaui in the front row. Two of the hardest names in rugby league for front rowers to say. Uh, but Jared Waria Hargreaves, big game for him for the Sydney Roosters. I thought that he was definitely one of the best forwards on park this weekend. And then big Tino putting up a big performance last night for the Gold Coast Titans. So he had to be there for sure. At number nine, bit controversial. I'm going Reese Robson in a losing side up against the South Sydney Rabbitohs. He ran the most metres out of any hooker this weekend. And his service was just unbelievable this weekend. He didn't miss a tackle either. So Reese Robson, big weekend for him. He's definitely in my team of the week at number nine. And then I've got Sean Lane and Hudson Young in the back row. Probably really hard to argue on that one. Sean Lane was incredible. And then the big Hudson Young for the camp. Raiders was massive as well for them. Two tries from him in that one. Cam Murray at lock. I thought he was sensational for South Sydney. And then on the bench, Sean O'Sullivan, Clint Gutherson, uh, James Fisher-Harris, Regan Campbell-Gillard, Aidan Tolman, Tavita Tatola, Kyle Iro, the deputant, Jerome Hughes, and Joseph Tarpany there on the bench and in the reserves for my team of the week. A 22-man squad. Very hard to fit everyone in, but I got it done at the end of the day, and that is your team of the week for this weekend round 24 what a big round of footy it was let's get straight into it so the NRLW some big games in this one didn't get to watch all of them but I will talk about them I did get to watch parts of each uh, so the Roosters v the Broncos Roosters were pretty much up for most of that game and uh, they looked really really impressive obviously girls like Isabel Kelly Racine McGregor in the halfback jersey sensational uh, but those girls are really having a big season Samantha Brenner as well having a massive season for the Roosters the veteran and the Roosters they look in some really good nick going into this season. The Eels v the Dragons 
Paige McGregor in the centers getting a double in this one, having a really big performance. Tegan Berry, Emma Tonegado having big games in this one as well. The St. George Illawarra Dragons getting the win over the Eels 16-10. And then the Titans v the Newcastle Knights. A close game here, but the Knights getting the win 16-12. I tipped the Knights. I was very scared I was going to be one tip off again, uh, but it was 12 out of 12. You a little beauty. Tamika Upton having a big game, 240 metres in this one, showing why she is the Queensland fullback through and through. She is an absolute weapon there for the Newcastle Knights. They've got a team to win a comp this year. I really do believe that. A definite team to win the comp. The Broncos at the top of the ladder over the past few years, especially at the beginning of the competition. But it looks like they've handed over the keys to teams like the Roosters, the Eels, the Dragons, and the Newcastle Knights. Probably the closest the competition, especially this competition, has been this season. I can't wait to watch some more NRLW footy. I'll definitely be tuning in a little bit more because some of these games have been unreal. For the NRLW, the ladder sits Roosters, Knights, Dragons, Titans, Eels, and Broncos. That was in order. And as I said, can't wait to see how this competition goes and how this ladder changes over the next few weeks. For the NRL this weekend, it was a great way to start off the week. Thursday night, 25th of August. Parramatta v the Broncos. Parramatta continuing the blowout trend, which has been happening, especially since last weekend. Uh, 53 to 6 was the final scoreline. Moses choosing to get a cheeky little field goal in there as well. And speaking of Mitch Moses, he had a massive, massive game in this one. I think it's one of the best games he's had this season. He was just electric. I loved watching him play. He was sensational. Him, Dill Brown, Clint Gutherson as well, and then Sean Lane. Sean Lane. What a topic there. Sean Lane, he's been improving every single week. And this week, he was on fire getting a try assist or maybe even two. He was just unbelievable. They're looking to be in some good sync. They really are going into finals. I would love to see them up against the top tier side like the Melbourne Storm, the Sydney Roosters, the Rabbitohs, or maybe even the Cronulla Sharks as well, just to see how they would go against a top tier side. They've been beating the bottom sides by big numbers. Can they do the same thing against the big size against the big dogs going into finals. Next week, they've got the Melbourne Storm. I think it will be the make or break of the Parramatta Reels. They've got the fortune of being at home, but guys like Cameron Munster, Jerome Hughes will be filthy that they lost last week. In fact, the entire Melbourne Storm side will be filthy they lost last week. They'll be coming in fiery, hungry, and really, really keen to get the win going into finals to make a statement. Uh, but so are the Parramatta Reels. Hopefully, the Parramatta Reels come in just as Kane, take that home advantage and get the win here over the Melbourne Storm. It's going to be a big make or break week for the Eels. The Storm are favourites at the moment as it stands. That could change going into the week, uh, but it's going to be a big game for the Parramatta Reels next weekend, and we're going to really see if they can handle those top-tier sides. But the guys that did handle themselves, we talked about Sean Lane first. Let's look at the stats. 153 metres, 50 post-contact metres, 13 tackle busts, 13 tackle bus for the big back rower along with a line break, a line break assists and four offloads. A big night for Shawnee Lane and then Clint Gutherson out the back. Two tries, two try assists. 189 metres, 67 post contact metres, five tackle breaks, a line break assists and six offloads in this game as well. A big night for Clint Gutherson. I think Isaiah Papali'i was great as well. 146 running metres, 62 post contact, 
seven tackle busts, a line break, two line break assists, and two offloads. Great night for the back rowers. Mitch Moses, I thought in-game, was sensational. 179 kicking metres. Didn't have to kick too much because it was all ball playing, baby. It was all ball playing. The ball playing in this game was pretty much first class. Really loved watching the Parramatta Reels here. Love watching them in a roll. They can still improve, though. A 77% completion rate. There's definitely areas to improve. And as I said, they're going to have to improve going into next week, going to versus Melbourne before the finals begin. And I think it's a must-win game, as I said, for them. So the Parramatta Reels looking good now. Can they compete with the top sides in the NRL come finals time? As for the Brisbane Broncos, I thought it was a bit 50-50 from them. Wasn't the biggest fan of their performance. Haven't been over the past few weeks. I think, as Cooper Cronk said, for Fox League, it is going to be mission impossible for them to get back into the top eight, unfortunately. Going into next week, they come up against the Dragons. I think the Dragons win that game at home. Unfortunately for the Broncos, I do not see them getting back into the top eight, and it's really unfortunate, but I just don't see it happening. I think after the whole season they've had, winning a lot of games getting into the top eight and well into the top eight as well, into the top four even for most of the season, and then to drop out of the top eight at the back end of the season. I don't know what's happened between now and then, but I consider that a real disappointment for the Brisbane Broncos, a team that was looking to get well into finals, well into finals, maybe into a grand final as well, to come all that way down out of the top eight compared to all the other games they had, the way they started the season, the middle of the season for the Brisbane Broncos, I consider that a real disappointment and I think that it's going to be a hard pill to swallow for Kevy Walters it's going to be a hard pill to swallow for all of the boys who have worked so hard Payne Haas as well, uh, he's been in a bit of a form slip over the past few weeks not playing as he usually does Adam Reynolds as well, he's lost a bit of confidence it looks like, it looks like the whole side has just lost confidence, I don't know how I don't know why, they were in the top four for a stage, they were still in the top eight a stage and then all of a sudden they drop out and it's like what the hell happened between halfway through the the season and now it is so confusing I don't know and I don't know why it's happened I'm just so upset for the Brisbane Broncos I feel so sorry for them hopefully they can finish the season on a good note they are the favorites at the moment for sports bet to win over the St George Illawarra Dragons this week hopefully they can get that win but if they don't I consider that even more of a disappointment a team that they should win if they do come out and win in a big way as well they can still maybe work their way into the top eight I just don't see it happening I realistically do not see it happening and it's really unfortunate they've had a big season and then they've really really wasted a big opportunity to make finals uh, and had a bit of a slump don't know why as I said before outside looking in can't see anything that would make that happen but from a Brisbane Broncos perspective I'm really hoping they can get a big win this weekend against the St George Illawarra Dragons but as for this game though again really disappointing there for the Brisbane Broncos at home at Suncorp a game they should have won uh, but the Parramatta Reels getting a big win here through guys like Mitchell Moses, Clint Gutherson, and big Shawnee Sean Lane. When I was talking about Adam Reynolds before, I'm generalizing that over the past few weeks. Obviously, in this game, he is obviously out, taken off the field with the HIA. But just over the past few weeks, he has been a bit off. I think the whole team's been a bit off. He can't move forward, obviously, with the boys not moving forward around him. Having this discussion with a mate, there are some halfbacks that are just freaks of nature. Other good halfbacks uh, play off their team and play 
play off the momentum of their team. And I think Adam Reynolds is one of those halfbacks that plays off the momentum of his team and looks really, really good off that as well. He's a really, really good player, Adam Reynolds. Uh, but I think that the Broncos just haven't been on over the past few weeks. The confidence has gone down and therefore his confidence has gone down for some reason as well, Adam Reynolds. Hopefully he's all right for next week though with concussion protocols. He failed his HIO, but hopefully he's all good to play on the weekend in round 25 so his team can have a chance at least of getting back into the top eight before finals, maybe sneaking their way back in there over the Raiders. As I said, don't think it's likely, but I think there'll be more of a chance with Adam Reynolds than they will without him. Anyway, I could talk about the Broncos all night, but we'll move on to the next game being the Panthers and the New Zealand Warriors. A big game this one for big Romy Jerome Luai. A big addition to this side, and we saw it. Warriors just absolutely no chance in this game. Looked good in some stints of the game. The Warriors did with Reese Walsh scoring his try, which, by the way, was an amazing piece of football. They had their little stints there, the Warriors, uh, but I think the Panthers were pretty much just on for that game, ready for that competition. Competition, and they definitely got a big win up against the New Zealand Warriors. 46-12 to 12 was the final score there. Talon May, we can say he's back, scored two tries in this one and ran for 171 metres. Absolute weapon there, Talon May. Came back from injury a few weeks ago, but has really started to kick things into gear, especially after this game. 171 metres for him with two tries and a try assist. Really good stuff there from Talon May. Dill Edwards as well, having another one of his big games with 159 metres, 60 post contact, and six tackle busts in this game. But he does this every single week, Dill Edwards. He has been one of the more underrated players of this competition before. Isaac Tago as well, running big metres, having a big one for the Penny Panthers. Brian Toto running for nearly 200 metres, literally nearly 200 metres, 199 metres exactly. Uh, Jerome Luai, as I said before, big game for him. Coming back into this side, giving his team a really big lift in this one. Isaiah Yo doing what Isaiah Yo does with 43 tackles with only one miss. James Fish-Harris, 35 tackles with zero missed. A big game for him with 181 metres in this game as well. Fish-Harris really on the tear at the moment for the Penny Panthers. When this team can get on a roll like that without their main guy in Nathan Cleary, it is really scary. Really scary what they're capable of going into finals this season. I think they're definitely going to be a certainty for the grand final. Everyone thinks so. The Penny Panthers definitely going to be there in the big dance. It is a scary thought for anyone who is going to join them in that big dance over the next few weeks. Finals time. It is going to be a huge final series. As I said before, as I said ages ago, it's probably the closest the competition has ever been. I said it about the NRLW, but I'm saying it about the NRL as well. I think this is the closest the comp has pretty much ever been. So the final series is going to be absolutely ripper. For the Penny Panthers, we don't really have to say too much. They were just on a roll in sync the whole time. Big Adam Fanua Blake doing what Adam Fanua Blake does. 138 metres in this game with 23 tackles. But that's just AFB doing what AFB does. It wasn't enough for the New Zealand Warriors to get on a roll here. Unfortunate for them. A team that has sacrificed so much for this competition. Unable to win big games. Hopefully next season with a few signings, they can sort of start to get on a little bit of a roll but this season just wasn't their season. Next season they'll be back home in New Zealand as well. Hopefully everything with COVID goes alright. They won't have to come back to Australia long term. Hopefully the New Zealand Warriors inspired by being back at home can get some wins on the board. Maybe be a finals contender in the next 
five years or so, but it's a long-term plan for me. It is a long-term plan for the Warriors. They're a team that everyone wants to see win. Hopefully, they can win more games come next season. But from a Penrith Panthers perspective, it is a big win going into finals. They come up against the Cowboys, who are in Queensland next week. Uh, it's going to be a massive game, a massive game. Hopefully, the Cowboys can compete here. But if the Panthers continue this mojo, continue this winning streak without Nathan Cleary, by the time Nathan Cleary comes back and they're on this roll, the Panthers would almost be on a guaranteed roll going into finals to win every single game and get into that big GF. Now, before we get into the next game, can we just say, can we just acknowledge that Big Les may have just pulled off one of the biggest freaking smoky calls of all time on the weekend for the Sydney Roosters getting the win over the Melbourne Storm, 18-14 by four points, literally shitting the bed at the end of the game, thinking, fuck, I've lost this one. Melbourne, they're going to do something miraculous. They didn't. The Roosters won after a big game, losing Victor Radley three quarters of the way through. It was a super tight game, but Big Les pulling off one of the best smoky tips we have ever seen on this green earth. Melbourne at home, people might have tipped them. I bet you a bunch of people may have tipped them going into this weekend but I tipped the Sydney Roosters. I backed them. I backed the Roosters to get the win here, and they did. It was a big tip, a big call by Big Leslie, uh, but he got the job done there on the weekend, as he always does. He rips and tears. He gets what he wants. He gets what he deserves. The smoky call on the weekend. Big Leslie, just a different breed. We don't need to talk about it any further. Although Big Les is just an absolute different breed, we don't need to talk about it because Big Les, although being an absolute champion, is humble as heck. So we won't get too deep into Big Les and his wall of trophies and successes. We'll get into this game. It was a big, gutsy performance from the Sydney Roosters. A massive performance from them. As I said, losing Victor Radley three quarters into the game, 71 minutes in. 71 minutes in. If they had kept him for 10 more minutes, he would most likely be playing this week. Me personally, no matter how this test goes, I personally don't see him playing on the weekend. I don't see him playing on the weekend for the Sydney Roosters, who are coming up against the South Sydney Rabbitohs, and that's a big loss for them. Lindsay Collins is also out next week for the hip drop tackle, which I personally think that wasn't too bad. It wasn't too bad for the Sydney Roosters, for Lindsay Collins, but he got a four-week ban. It's going to be a massive loss for them. Four weeks. That's going into finals as well. Massive loss for the Sydney Roosters. Massive. And Victor Radley, depending on how long he's out as well, that could be massive for the Roosters as well. Hopefully, from what reports are suggesting, Victor Radley is going to be all good for this weekend. Hopefully, that is the case. I think he will miss this weekend. I think he'll play the next weekend. I think he'll play come finals round one. I just don't see him playing in round 25 coming up against the South Sydney Rabbitohs convulsing on the ground like that. I don't really care how, how severe, if it's minor, if it's major, if you're convulsing on the ground like that, I think it's expected they miss one week, especially with the concussions that they've had at that club, having two guys having to retire and Jake Friend and in Boyd Cordner, in Luke Keary, probably on the lips of that. Personally, do not see them playing Victor Radley on the weekend. As a South Sydney supporter, I hope they don't. As a person that cares for the well-being of Victor Radley, I hope that he rests this week. I hope that he doesn't 
get played in round 25. I think we definitely need to look out for our players. I think that if Victor Radley's named, it's going to be a really bad look for the Sydney Roosters. So I just think for the game, for his well-being, the well-being of Victor Radley, I think that it's safe that they rest him on the weekend up against the South Sydney Rabbitohs uh, and don't want to risk any long-term injuries, any more injuries uh, to the skull, to the head, any more concussions that could possibly leave him out for longer in the finals as well. I think the safe bet is to rest him on the weekend in round 25. Now that I've spent two minutes dribbling on about that, let's talk about the actual game, the tight game that was. Joseph Manu, I thought that he was really good for the Sydney Roosters as well, racking up nearly 200 metres, being everywhere on the field, ball playing sensational. Nat Butcher, surely he's on a streak. Surely he's on a defensive streak. He hasn't missed a tackle in a few weeks now because it says here he has made 38 tackles and missed none in the back row on the weekend. Is he just an absolute monster? Is he just an absolute defensive freak, Nat Butcher? I don't honestly think he missed a tackle over the past few weeks. Let's have a look. Go back to round 23. We go back to the Sydney Roosters. 72-6 to win over the Big West Tigers. Didn't miss a tackle there. 31 tackles, zero miss. We go back to round 22. Their win over the Cowboys, 32-18. Let's go to Nat Butcher. Oh, oh, he didn't miss a tackle. 43 tackles and zero miss. We go back another week. Round 21, Roosters v. the Brisbane Broncos. Nat Butcher, can we go to the tackles? He missed three. Okay, so he's been on a three-week streak. Three-week streak, zero tackles missed. That is a big effort there from big Nat Butcher. It just shows his commitment in defense. He is an absolute monster in defense, Nat Butcher. To not miss a tackle up against the Melbourne Storm, that is just huge. That is so, so huge. It was such an entertaining game of football as well. Such an entertaining game of football. Close pretty much the whole way through. A lot of tension between these sides, especially in the forwards. Rads and Jad Warrior Hargreaves up against big Nelson Sofa Solomona. Loved a little bit of gnarly battle there. Loved a bit of Usus in the front row. We love a bit of rivalry in the front row, don't we all? As for the Melbourne Storm, they had a pretty decent game. A pretty decent game for the home side. I personally think Jerome Hughes was carrying this side on his shoulders. 152 metres, 24 post contact, 9 tackle busts, 2 line breaks, a line break assist and offload, 16 tackles, 0 missed, and kicking for 141 meters. He was carrying this side on his back. He was huge for the Melbourne Storm and so captivating to watch as well. It was a really gnarly game and don't think that the Melbourne Storm didn't put their absolute hearts and souls into this game. They did. They played really well but the Roosters just played a little bit better and they played a little bit stronger and they played a little bit tougher and got a gnarly, gnarly win. A grouse win over the Melbourne Storm on the weekend. 18-14. The next game was the Raiders v. the Manly Seals. And it was an onslaught. An absolute onslaught that I called here from the Canberra Raiders. 48-6. The Raiders putting on an absolute masterclass. An absolute show. That's a massive statement win. Especially them getting into the top eight. They were working so well as an ensemble as well. A big statement win going into the top eight. Going into finals time as well. 
beating a Manly Seagulls side, depleted even, doesn't matter. Beating the Manly Seagulls, 48-6, to a big statement win going into finals next week. The Raiders, they are coming up against the West Tigers, a game they are definitely capable of winning to the same capacity as well. If they get another big win next week, it's a big statement win going into finals. It'll give them a lot of confidence as well, uh, but they were really, really good playing as an ensemble, I thought. Hudson Young, an absolute freak in the back row, scoring two tries, one out of dummy half, and setting up another one, a long field try as well, passing it to Jack Whiten, and then Jack Whiten passing to Xavier Savage for an absolute beauty of a try. They were just on a roll the whole time, made it impossible for the Manly Seagulls to strike back with anything. It was beautiful play, actually, off Josh Shuster that set up the try for Ethan Bullymore. Brad Parker running a good line, a good straight line as well, and then giving it off to Ethan Bullymore for a try. But it just wasn't enough. It wasn't enough for the Raiders, who were on an absolute roll. Uh, the Manly Seagulls couldn't really do anything. Xavier Savage was great. So was Hudson Young. So was Jack White, and so was the rest of the team as well. Corey Horsburgh as well, coming off the bench, having a big impact when he came on the field. The new bald haircut, it must be it. I thought that he was quite impressive in his stint on the field. Some big runs as well, not taking a backwards step whatsoever. I thought Jordan Rapiner was unreal as well for the Canberra Raiders. Sort of playing a roaming role, coming into the middle of the field, coming and playing a bit of a fullback winger sort of role for the Canberra Raiders, putting in a grubber kick as well to set up a try in this game as well. So Rapana getting heaps involved all round for the Canberra Raiders. It was an absolutely a ballsy performance going into finals time. It's going to be unreal watching them in finals. I can't wait to see how they go, how deep they go into finals as well. I know it's only one big win, but I guess that role just gives me a little bit of confidence for them going into finals as well, that they can get some wins on the board and maybe go a little deeper into finals than people think. And then as I said, for the Manly Seagulls, obviously couldn't create much. They just weren't getting on a roll. It was really unfortunate to see, especially with some of their big guns like Kieran Foran and Daly Cherry Evans. For me, they just went a little bit missing at times. Josh Schuster setting up the only try in this game with some good ball playing with Brad Parker and Bullymore, as we said before. But for me, I just thought in the big moments, their stars went a little bit missing and it cost them. It really did cost them in this game because the Raiders just went on an absolute tear in this one to get a statement win. So great. Great stuff there. The next game was the Sharks v the Canterbury Bankstown Bulldogs 16-0. Uh, Nico Hines having an absolute thrubber of a game as well as Matt Moylan in this one as well. I thought Matt Moylan stood out a little bit more personally. I thought that Matt Moylan had a big game in this one. Two try assists. Was an absolute freak. 137 metres, 23 post contact, a line break, two line break assists, 18 tackles and kicking for 71 metres. Not too bad there from Matt Moylan. I thought it was one of his better games ball playing wise running the ball wise I thought that he had a really strong performance there for the Cronulla Sharks I think it was a decent job from the Bulldogs to only keep it to 16 points but the Sharks they did look really impressive in this one and a strong win keeping the Bulldogs to nil in this one I was really impressed with the debutante KL Iro, 184 meters 83 post contact 12 tackle bus which is insane for a debut six tackles zero missed insane debut there for KL Iro, and it's 
really good signs, in my opinion, in terms of depth, the amount of depth they've got uh, in the back line. Matt Icavalu obviously didn't play, obviously. Connor Tracy is out due to injury. And then they have this guy, Kale Iro, who has just put an absolute throbber of a performance in for the Cronulla Sharks. I thought he was amazing. The forwards were great for the Cronulla Sharks as well. Royce Hunt didn't miss a tackle on the weekend with 19 tackles, 141 metres in this game. Braden Hamanuelli, 104. And a solid tear from Aiden Tolman on the bench as well. 39 tackles, zero miss with 62 metres in a stint of 40 minutes. I think that is a pretty solid knock there from Aiden Tolman, a guy that is playing some of his last games of football as well. About to go into retirement. I think that is a solid knock there from the veteran Aiden Tolman. And he is just an absolute monster. Still putting up these numbers on the edge of retirement. I think that's pretty impressive there. And he deserves a massive shout. Aiden Tolman, fan of the work, brother. So a solid knock there from the Cronulla Sharks forwards. But if you think that was a solid knock, look at the Bulldogs forward pack here. Max King, 124 metres, 54 post contact metres, and then 26 tackles, zero missed. Paul Vaughan, 164 metres, 76 post contact, 22 tackles, only two missed there. From the two big front rowers, you look at Raymond for Taylor Mariner. We've got 146 metres, 65 post contact with 23 tackles and only three missed. Well, it was a really solid knock from the Bulldogs forwards as well. It was a really, really tight game in the forwards, but it was the backs that won the Cronulla Sharks the game here. A tight one, definitely compared to some of the blowouts we've seen over the past two weeks. 16-0, pretty happy with that. Pretty happy with that, the Cronulla Sharks. But the Bulldogs, I think in some elements of that game, the grit and determination, I think they can be happy with as well. Even though they were kept to nil, I think that forward play and just the grit and determination, as I said, was a big factor in how they kept the Cronulla Sharks to 16 and didn't get out of hand. It was a super solid game, though. A super solid game. CSC for Talakai for the Cronulla Sharks as well. 206 metres. Really solid knock for him in that game as well. He was doing a lot of running, a lot of barging. Six tackle busts in that game as well. So he was quite dominant in this one. But we go back to the Bulldogs. We go back to their effort. It actually took them half the first half for them to even score a try in this game, the Cronulla Sharks, because the Bulldogs were so dominant in defence. And it was just an absolute grudge match for that first half of that first half. Ronaldo Molotalo try was off the back of a silly error there, bumping him off a line to score a try anyway. Uh, he scores a try straight after that off the back of Nico Hines. A beautiful ball there to Ronaldo Molotalo to score that try. So I think the Bulldogs have to be proud of themselves here. The only reason that the Cronulla Sharks got on a roll was be off the back of errors. It was off the back of errors. I mean, Avarillo even scored off the back of a Matt Burton 40-20 as well. So you'd have to think think. You'd have to think that the Bulldogs were in this one for sure, and they were. They definitely were. It was a super, super tight game. It was about two times that Ronaldo Molotalo could have scored another try, and it was two times that the Bulldogs defended those two attempts before Ronaldo Molotalo obviously scored a double in that game. Ronaldo Molotalo had a big one, as we said before, but the Bulldogs defense, I mean, it was so, so good to watch. Really, really tight one. You thought that the Bulldogs were going to come back at some stages, especially with 
with the Matt Burton 40-20, with the Avarillo try as well. I think if they allowed that try, the Bulldogs will have got on a little bit of a roll and made things interesting. But I think the disallowed try, they lost a bit of confidence. Obviously, Flanagan getting into a bit of a scuff with Nico Hines, lost a bit of confidence again. And that's what got the Cronulla Sharks the win. But the Bulldogs' defense was sensational. It was super solid. And it was a really, really tight game and an enjoyable one as well. And the next game was the Rabbitohs versus the Cowboys. I think I called this one. Scott Drinkwater moving into the six wasn't the best move at all, unfortunately. The Cowboys lose to the South Sydney Rabbitohs in this one, 20 to 10. The Cowboys were in the fight at some stages. Latrell Mitchell having a big night, looking awesome. The Rabbitohs looked in sync. Davida Totola having another big game here, 147 metres, 48 post contact, three tackle busts, 36 tackles, only two missed there. Really solid performance from him. Solid performance from the entire forward pack and to win this game without Damian Cook, a really fast darty dummy half. Changing the game plan a little bit here, playing a little bit of a slower game with Sevilla Havili in the number nine jersey, who, by the way, did a pretty solid job there for the South Sydney Rabbitohs. It was a great win, a great win and a statement win going into the finals, beating the North Queensland Cowboys. They haven't gone too well against top eight sides. They lost against the Sharks in round 19. They lost against the South Sydney Rabbitohs, obviously, last round and then lost to the Roosters two rounds before that as well. So, scary thought for the Cowboys. Can they beat the top eight sides? Are they going to drop out of finals a little bit early or are the Cowboys going to go to another ceiling come finals time? If there are any positives for the Cowboys in this one, Kyle Felt, he looked great in this game. 165 metres, a try. Seven tackle busts in this game as well. 12 tackles, one missed. But some of the involvements in the last few minutes of those games and the way he scored that try in the back end of that game as well honestly made me think the Cowboys maybe had a chance of coming back. But Kyle Felt just looking unreal, unreal in the back end of that game and putting on a real show, especially when he scored that try. I thought in a losing side, we talked about this when we were talking about the team of the week, Reese Robson. I thought in a losing side, his ball work, uh, his defense, his attack, I thought he was unreal there in the number nine jersey. And I thought he was actually the best number nine on the park on the weekend. Ran for the most meters out of any dummy half on the weekend, got his side on a roll in some points in that game. Uh, and then his ball service was just phenomenal as well. His service over the past few weeks, I think it definitely has to be up there with some of the best dummy half service we've seen from a dummy half this season. Chad Townsend as well, that last little play that he did at the end to set the Kyle Felt try, running through a massive gap in the CS defense that were thinking he was going to kick the ball, uh, running through that massive gap there, seeing the space, slowing himself down, steadying himself up, and then throwing a beautiful ball, a beautiful cutout pass to Kyle Felt who goes over for a beautiful try after a massive, massive chip and chase and sprint effort there from him. It was a massive effort from the veteran, uh, but Chad Townsend to visualize that, to see they had the space out wide as well. Really good stuff there from Chad Townsend, and he's so underrated in our game, so underrated, and I think he's the best signing this season. From a Rabbitohs perspective in this game, the forward battle was sensational. Cameron Murray having the best lock forward performance for me this weekend. 161 meters, 19 post contact, three tackle busts, 37 tackles, only one missed. Really solid performance there from Cam Murray. And then Tommy Burgess off the bench as well. He is so underrated this season. So underrated. 172 metres, 80 post-contact metres, two tackle busts, a line break, 14 tackles, and only one miss there for Tommy Burgess. A big performance for him and a big performance from the South Sydney Rabbitohs to get the win there. Off the back of Latrell Mitchell's 173 
metres, 42 post contact, a try assist, five tackle busts, two offloads, two line break assists in that game. A really awesome performance there from the South Sydney Rabbitohs to get the win over the North Queensland Cowboys. The West Tigers and the St. George Illawarra Dragons was the next game. A game that was much tighter than I thought it was going to be. Obviously with Zach Lomax kicking the winning goal at the end of the game, the penalty goal in the last minute of the game to get his side the win 24-22. Falmoni Brown gets a try in the middle there in the 13 jersey. I thought he was great for the Tigers. Uh, Tom Freebarn getting two tries in this one uh, for the West Tigers. Jock Madden getting a try as well. Three out of four goals kicked for Adam Dewey. Jaden Sewer getting the first try, which, by the way, was some great, great footy being played. Uh, then it was Tata Moga, Zach Lomax, and Jackson Ford getting tries. Three out of four kicks there from Zach Lomax with a penalty goal, obviously, at the end, as I said before, to win his side the game. So very, very tight, very, very close, right up until the end where the Dragons did get the win over the West Tigers. Obviously, there was a late change here. Tyrell Sloan moved onto the wing. Matthew Fagai came into the centers. Jack Bird moved into the middle there, playing the lock forward jersey. Uh, Jaden Sewer, I thought he had a big week in the back row for the St. George Illawarra Dragons. 222 meters, 63 post contact, a try. He also had six tackle busts, 20 tackles with only one miss there. Solid knock, solid knock, playing the full 80 minutes there, Jaden Sewer. Really solid performance from him. Blake Laurie in the front row as well, 186 metres, 54 post contact, one tackle bust, 34 tackles with three missed. Solid knock there from Blake Laurie. Forward pack for St. George in general was really, really solid. So was the back line, Zach Lomax kicking the winning goal in this game as well. Uh, Tao Tao Moga having a big one, 221 metres, with a little bit of a kick to set up the Jaden Sewer try as well. So we've got a try assist. Really solid game there for the Dragons and then for the West Tigers. Joel for Hangawi for me was really impressive. 128 metres, 37 post contact, 5 tackle busts, 36 tackles with only one miss. To be honest, as solid as I'm saying this game was, I thought at the start, Ben Hunt was a bit more ordinary than we've seen from him in past weeks. Cody Ramsey obviously got sent off for 10 in the first 20 minutes of the game. But to come back from that in the second half, put on the performance they did, I think was really impressive there from the St. George Illawarra Dragons. And a decent win there for them, a close one. Much closer than I thought it was going to be, as I said. Uh, could have taken this game off the rails if the Dragons really wanted to. Uh, but a tight game is a good game. A tight game is an interesting game. And a big win there for the Dragons. We will play the Broncos at home next week in a game they could totally win and finish off their season on a really positive note. And then the last game of the week was the Gold Coast Titans coming up against the Newcastle Knights. 36-26. The Newcastle Knights definitely looked much better than they have in previous weeks, scoring 26 points in this one as well. Much better week for the Newcastle Knights. A big win for the Titans as well going into the last few weeks of the season, especially last week, which will be the last week of the season. It's good for them to end their season on a really positive note, which is what they've been doing over the past few weeks, getting some wins on the board. Obviously, the game started off with the Titans kicking the ball out on the full. Then Edric Lee scores and you think, geez, the Knights are going to get on a bit of a roll after this. They could probably win the game after this. But then again, that's what we thought about the Raiders the other week. The Knights got on a roll in the first half, and we thought that the Knights were going to win that game. They were up 
22-0 the other week against the Raiders, and then the Raiders came back 28-22. So I definitely had that in the back of my mind watching this game as well. A few minutes later, then Marju scores, and I think, geez, the Knights have let go of this game. The Titans are going to get on a roll. It was a bit 50-50, to be honest. It was much closer than people thought. It was much closer than I thought it was going to be. I thought that the Titans were going to absolutely crunch this Newcastle side, but it was much closer than I thought it was going to be. To be honest, I think the Knights are going to really miss Anthony Milford next year, a guy that can play fullback and six. If they're moving KP into the six, they could have put Milford at fullback or vice versa. I think they're going to miss Milford regardless. His kicking game, his effort in attack has been unreal and he's really improved as a player being in Newcastle as well. So a big loss for the Knights going into the end of the season. Hopefully they can get a win next week, although unlikely. Hopefully they can finish their season on a pretty good note. But then looking into how this game turns out. Marsu scores that try in the seventh minute. A few minutes later, then David Fafita scores as well. Then Saifidi hits back for the Knights. It was pretty much back and forth, back and forth for the first half. Just before halftime, the Titans, they got on a little bit of a try-scoring roll. for Moore scoring a big try. Tanner Boyd scoring as well. Just after halftime as well, the Titans were still on their little roll, but Brian Kelly gets sent off for a dangerous tackle on Dominic Young. I think that was fair enough, to be honest. I think that was fair enough, lifting him on his head. We've got to eradicate that sort of play from our game, so fair enough that they cracked down on that one. Again, it was back and forth. Dane Gagai scored his first try in the game, uh, and it was pretty damn good from the veteran as well. Uh, the way he moves in attack as well, his step. That right foot step on Phoenix Crossland was unreal, so... So, a uh, really good play there from Dan Gagai. Then he scores another one straight after that with a beautiful, again, right foot step on the winger there. I think it might have been Corey Thompson that he stepped or someone on that edge, but he was unreal there. Dan Gagai scoring two tries simultaneous. But the Titans were too much for the Knights. The Knights, they didn't drop out in the second half. They still look somewhat good in the second half, and that's what I'm really impressed about in this game. They didn't drop off. They competed for the whole game. I think the Knights have to be proud of themselves for that effort as well. Some really good signs from them, but the Titans, they were too strong, and AJ Brimson having an absolute masterclass there in the number six jersey as well for the big win 36 over the Newcastle Knights 26. There you go guys that was your round 24 review. One.